It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Class number 108 is about to come your way right here on the home of Lacrosse Classified, the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jake Kelly, Brad Chilliner, back with you on another Tuesday, back with you for another week of Lax Class. And another great episode lined up for you once again is uh, Bradley. We are recording on a Monday. I just actually put out an Instagram story saying i can't believe it's december thinking this show's coming out on december anyways it's still november 30th when we're recording this uh but it is a gorgeous day out there here in the lower mainland and uh went for a nice run today had a killer workout i'm fired up for today's program lots of energy and in a good mood here for uh, our continuing series calls to the hall Quick stick, something else in our Stampede Stallion, of course. But uh, one of our favorites in a five-time NLL champion, the current head coach of the Colorado Mammoth, the two-time Hall of Famer for the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame and the NLL Hall of Fame, calls to the hall, calling one Patrick Coyle this week. Welcome back. How's it going? You're just excited that there's an Adamac on on the program today. Well, that's it. You always get excited. And I just thought of this now, but... Something to talk to Pat Coyle about. How is he? He was just announced or last year he was supposed to be the head coach of the senior Adnax. Mm. So, with an overlapping season this year, I, I don't think he can head coach two squads at the same time, or can he? I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll find out in about half an hour. <laughs> if here, any, if anybody can, it's it's Pat. If Coyle. anybody can, he can. Well, I didn't even really think <clears throat> about that. Like you did, you did this great uh, uh, Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame round table on Sunday afternoon with uh, Doug Louie, Paul Del Monte, Chris Gill. And one of the things Gilly was talking about, and I think you asked him like, can players play in both? Yeah. If, if the schedules overlap and he's like, well, he wasn't really too sure. And I guess it depends on CBA and what things have in their contract, but there imagine a case where someone can play in, in new West on Thursday night and then play at Rogers arena on Friday or Saturday. But do they want to do that? Like, that's taxing, man. Like, if you're doing that, and I know, like, you know, guys. Some are, guys will. Guys are. Your rookies, are, young guys will want to. Yeah, maybe. And. Zach Courier will. <laughs> Right. Nothing will stop him. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, like hey, like even a guy like Dane Doby probably will. I don't know. Like the guy loves lacrosse so much and and just loves to play. So maybe they do. But I like I've seen uh, a player's kind of you know standard contract before for a National Lacrosse League player, and there's nothing in there about playing in other leagues. So unless yeah, that's a, you know it's been a while since I've seen one, but unless there's a new and that may be the case, a uh, new clause in NLL contracts about playing in in other leagues, and that may be something specific that gets put in f- for this year. Um, so you know that that's uh, that's maybe something I'll I'll reach out to to Reed or or Zach and ask them about that. Because that's a real concern. And let's not forget, uh, you know, we're talking MLL and, and PLL here as well, not just Canadian summer lacrosse. So lots to yeah, lots to consider. 
and I don't know if this was breaking news or not um, in that round table too, but the WLA and major series, both shooting for uh, a major series shooting for June 1st, I think, and mm-hmm. WLA a couple of weeks after that. So they want to get going uh, in the middle of summer. The MSL thinks they can play 18 games. WLA more thinking they can do about 12 and then get into the playoffs. Well, I think you had an 18 game schedule and then there was a, a contingency plan for a 12 game schedule and then even a further one for what they call the unique schedule, I believe. So, man, like I, I think everything is on the table as far as getting summer ball in this year, whether it's a six-game schedule, maybe you, you know only play one team four times. I don't know. Uh, but word, I think they're the pretty determined. The year, yeah, the word of the year is pivot, and I think everyone has to pivot um, on a dime and, and make the best decision when those times come because the world's going to look a lot different in three, four, five six months when uh when these decisions need to be made so yeah yeah and and again like i think every league has to you want to see everybody kind of work together and and do what's right for the game but every league has to do what's best for them for their product and you know i asked them like what what do we what do you guys what's the plan because if a player has to choose between NLL or WLA or MSL or even MLL or PLL, if you make them choose and they choose not your league, what is your plan for that? And, yeah, and where, where, where are you going to get the guys from? Who's yeah. coming up? Is it senior B guys? Is it um, in the NLL's case? Like, are you getting guys who couldn't play in the PLL and you're bartering with the guys who could be in the MLL? Like, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting times. Yeah. And I think like, if it comes down to it, I think most guys are picking NLL. If they're given a choice, an ultimatum, it's it's NLL. Now, there's probably a, a healthy percentage of American guys that are going to choose the PLL. There might be a, even a few Canadians that do it as well. But I think when it comes the rubber hitting the road here, it's the NLL. So these other leagues, uh, it's going to be real interesting to see. And, and as we know, vaccines uh, just start, I believe, in the UK, actually rolling out this week, Brad. So, you know, it's going to be a while before that's going to be available to guys like you and me. Like, I think we're probably ninth, 10th in, in the delegation order on, on how they are going to start to deliver this vaccine to obviously the, the people at risk, elderly, and then work their way kind of down to... Yeah, unless health. you're unless you're a healthcare worker secretly jumbo and haven't told anybody, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna be you're gonna be waiting a while. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm okay. I, you know, uh, I'm okay with that. Just I, I mean, I think it's positive news that we're we're actually getting down that road. But you're right. Like I don't, man. Like you think about, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, we talked about when the pandemic first hit what the world was like and, you know, people mass buying up toilet paper and all the rest of it to where we're at now, where they have like rapid testing in airports and the turnaround time to get your results back. And they have all these protocols in place for businesses and schools and like the world is going on. Right. And there's still a lot of people out of work and, and I'm actually one of them as both my jobs are still on hiatus here, but, uh, Imagine where we're going to be in another six months from now when the NLL is targeting a start date. So we don't know like how many fans are going to be able to be in attendance, border travel, uh, testing. Where is that going to be a vaccine? How close will it be to, to being available to the player? So lots of things. But 
I just think, you know, we're eight, nine months into this now, probably still have another six, seven to go if we're being realistic here. But I just think about all the things that we've learned about this and how to deal with this in that time. Give it another six months, and I think we're going to be okay. Well, that's a nice positive attitude. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I think I think so too. We're gonna, we're going to learn things. Like there will be a lot of smart will, people. There, there probably will be summer lacrosse, whether there's fans in the seats or not. Um, you know that I think we could probably start banking on. Uh, it's unfortunate your your extreme lacrosse league keeps getting delayed. But like to me, WLA if they're not in it for for butts in the seats this year and they just want to put some teams on the floor, then they can run it similar to what the XLL did, and they shouldn't have any issues in the summertime. Um, if, they, if they practice all the right safety precautions and the technology that we're going to have in six months that we don't know about exists today. Yeah. Streaming will go through the roof, Brad. Stream will go through the roof. Could you imagine? <laughs> we'll see. We'll You'll see. have to choose between commissioner or broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, I, there's, I don't think there's anything holding me back from doing both, quite frankly. So uh if the, com- if the commissioner approves it then i don't see that that being a problem brad uh so listen uh great show pat coil jim ellis is back with something else uh some quick sticks to deliver your way as well and now time brad for our stampede stallion of the week stampede tech and western where i want to thank everybody for supporting small businesses like theirs during 2020 and and man uh if you're shopping for for christmas please shop local this season these people need it more than anybody small businesses uh, so stampede tech and western Wear for christmas they have a deal for you as you may know they are your complete source for everything Wrangler. And now when you shop online, you save 10 bucks on any pair of men's, ladies, Wrangler jeans or pants and, Brad, and if that wasn't enough, if you spend over 100 bucks, you also get free shipping Canada-wide. Save 10 bucks, spend 100 bucks, get free shipping. It's all offered up here by our good friends at Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale since 1967 corner of 180th and highway 10 stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local and they've been using that tagline for a long time brad now more important than ever shopping online still shopping local totally especially around this time of year there you go uh so you get to pick this uh this week brad and uh i must say i like the pick uh more so than anything you chose a good coquitlam boy for your stampede stallion of the week let the people know who it is and why just so happens to be a member of the saskatchewan rush also like that well yeah exactly uh welcome to the stable marty matthew matthew marty dinsdale as our stampede and tax uh, stallion of the week and talk about do it all players or cornerstone pieces uh of your franchise or the real the glue of of certain locker rooms and certain sides of the floor and that's been marty didsdale you know he's not going to give you the numbers that a robert church or ben mcintosh has put up over the years but he's going to be doing the little things that help those guys be successful and that's his pick and roll game that's contributing that's distributing uh, just doing everything. Like, let's not forget the goal that he scored. He played Whoa. a five-game season in 2015, <laughs> came in, played five games in the championships with the Edmonton rush at that time, and and scored the game-winning goal that uh, sent them to their first of three 
of the next four Champions Cups uh, as they moved to Saskatchewan as he was the freaking hero and then became a real full-timer in the NLL after that and the rest is kind of history but you know, he's not going to get you the headlines that a Mark Matthews is going to get you. And with the de- defense on that team, there's not going to be a lot of people writing about Dinsdale at the end of a game. But you talk to Derek Keenan, you talk to players in that room. And if they point to an MVP or a guy that does their dirty work for that team and really holds that offense together, it's 32 through and through. Yeah, a good, a great points there, Brad. And uh, yeah, it is Matthew Dinsdale. That is his correct given name. The boys like to call him Marty. I'm not sure how much Matthew likes being called Marty, but I think if you're close enough in his, you know, his circle, then then Marty is completely acceptable. If that makes any sense, I call him Marty whether he likes it or not. Just uh, because I've I've always called him Marty. But Matthew Dinsdale, you're right. I, that I mean. I don't know what happened exactly in Calgary. Like, it just didn't seem to work there for him. And I think at the time, like, he was obviously a young player coming to the league, but they had, like, Sean Evans. They had uh, Dixon over there already. I want to say Digby was there. Ranger was still kicking Scotty around Ranger. Like, so there were just That was the old roughnecks, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, and, and same thing kind of with, with Travis Cornwell. They just, they were kind of tweeners, right? They weren't pure O guys, but they, they weren't real solid D guys. But... But Dinsdale was was kind of a guy that I mean, like a lot of people don't know this. He's a great draw guy as well. Like he is really one of the most cerebral players in the league and willing to do whatever it takes for his team to win. And he mentioned the numbers, like not there for McIntosh and Ch- I think they could be if they made him a focal point of the offense, but they just don't need to. And he'll chip in. He's you know the big moments never too big for him, and just real calming. Doesn't say a whole lot. Does does Dinsdale? Not even in practice. No, there's or... not a lot of ego there for a guy who's got you know three rings in the pros and, and a Minto Cup. Like he's, he's won at every level. Um, and there, yeah, there's no ego there. He's quiet, calm, collected guy. And you know it, that's the same with Churchy and the same with McIntosh too. Those guys yeah, are all just from the same ilk. They all grew up together. They all kind of have that same personality. They go about their business quietly. Uh, and, and here's a little fun Dinsdale story. So when the boys are doing warm up at the Sastel center there on the turf, you know, after, after they kind of get loose a little bit, then they start their dynamic stretching where they, you know, they're doing plyos back and forth across the turf. Well, if you've ever been on turf in the NLL rink, when you touch the boards after, after you've been running around on the turf, you'll get yourself a pretty good shock from time to time. Well, Dinsdale does that intentionally every time he comes back to touch. He takes a little squirt of water and gives himself a shock before he turns and heads back the other way. So, so I was kind of watching him doing this, and I was like, like, he's doing that on purpose. And I was like, where did that come? He said, I don't know, man. He goes, I just... Now I just do it. Like, he doesn't even think about it. He just, like, tap, and he can hear the zap, and then he takes a little squirt of water, and then he goes back the other way. Cheaper, cheaper than smelling salts. Yeah, so a little uh, electric uh, electric shock for Dinsdale during warm-up. <laughs> Maybe that's what gets him going for game time. Uh, speaking of game time, I think it's time to take a break here on quarter one. I didn't even talk to you about how your weekend went, Brad. That's usually how we start the podcast. Did I miss out on anything over the weekend? Did you get the tree up at, at Casa Challoner? What What's going on over we, there? We did. We did. We thought we'd wait till December 1st, but that, that didn't happen. You know, uh, the weather was nice. We got to hang the lights outside. I took the week off. Oh, right. I had a week off work for the first time, I think, in, in months. So I kind of just unplugged and and hung around stuck close to home did a little bit of christmas shopping kind of got that out of the way and 
and just uh, just laid low, man. Just laid real low. Nothing wrong with that. And, and like I said, today was like the first day that we've had sunshine in about 13 days or something. So good to see as we head into the month of December here on Lacrosse Classified. And we'll keep it rolling for you. At least I will. I don't know. Brad might take another week off. But I'm going to keep it, try and keep it rolling right through the holidays for uh, for the listeners. That'll be my Christmas present to you people. Let's uh, let's take a quick break here on EP 108, and let's make a call to the hall. King Coyle coming up next. Patrick Coyle right here on Lacrosse Classified, Lax Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. 108 is into the second quarter here, and uh, we'll continue our calls to the hall here. But not before I tell you about our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging at Associated LP. I was actually checking out the website today for sports and nutrition. They got uh, all sorts of packaging options, bar wrappers, digital labels, flexographic labels, pouches, shrink sleeves, you name it, they got it, and they are the best in the business. Proud sponsor of uh, the Coquitlam Adnax as well. This man will be the head coach of the senior Adnax one day. Uh, was supposed to be last summer. Did not happen. He's also a five-time NLL champion, a member of the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and a member of the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame back in 2014. Went in at the Langley Event Center. I was there for that along with Chris Hall. As we welcome the head coach of the Colorado Mammoth to the program, back to the program, Pat Coyle joining us. Patrick, uh, thanks for doing this once again. I guess we're into holiday season. Happy holidays. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, electric in the Langley Event Center. It was electric. <laughs> A night I remember it being very bright in there that night, you yeah. know? I am. I got yeah. the pleasure of emceeing that one, helping you in there, but... I remember it was so bright. I'm like, are they going to dim the lights in here and make it like uh, a little bit more festive or something? I don't know. It, it was awkward, but it was nice. It was a long time between defenders getting in there. Um, I know it's a big talking point, Pat, going forward is trying to get more defenders into the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any much insight on this, but like, why haven't there been many NLL Hall of Fame defenders uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame thus far? Uh, I don't know. I would say the first reason is that defenders just aren't as it's just not a glamorous pick you know just uh um i don't know it's it's the offensive guys that tend to get more of the recognition i think points wise and stuff like that but i think that's slowly changing i think you know if the hall of fame hadn't taken a high hiatus there there would have been defenders gone that have gone in because the defenders, like from the time that I've gone until now, I feel like have really changed in the sense of how offensively gifted a lot of them are. Yeah. Oh, defenders, you mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm honestly, and we, we kick this around all the time, Pat. I don't know where you come out on it, but the whole 
transition moniker. Like, you're O or you're D, and just because you're good at O, like, you can be a stud defender that's good at offense, and all of a sudden you become a transition guy. Like, do do we need to just get rid of that? And you're either an offense or a defensive player, and you can be good at, at both. For sure. I think so. I, I would, as a coach, I want all my defenders to be able to transition the yeah. ball. And, and obviously there's guys that are better at it than others, but you, if you can't like join the transition, you probably shouldn't be playing in the NLL. So yeah, I don't, I don't like that term transition player at all. Yeah, and then it, and then it kind of it screws up the year end awards, right? Because you don't know like a guy like Kyle Matisse spent sixty percent of the oh, time. I, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, Colorado was one of those teams a couple years ago. I think when Steve Govett was still there, saying we're not we're not putting T's beside anybody's name. Like you're, you're all defenders, but then that negates a Joey Capito from being even nominated for a transition player of the year award the last couple of years. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Well, I don't know why. Yeah, it is. If that's if you have to have a T beside your name to be in the transition player award, then we'll put a T beside the guy's name. But uh, obviously, I literally think that's that's legit. Just put a T yeah, beside that, everybody's name. Why not? That's right. OT, I, I DT, know, GT, all of it. But you're gonna you're gonna put it beside the guy. Obviously, the the transition player of the year. Maybe not this past year, but usually it's the guy with a lot of goals yeah. on your from your back end. So mm-hmm. whoever's got the most goals on our back end, we'll just put a T beside his name yep. and then nominate him. <laughs> well, and it negates guys like, you know, Lyle Thompson, who like an, an old guy who is really good at hustling back and, and staying for a couple of D shifts can never be up for that position either, which I think is is silly. Cause that is that not a transition player too? Like No. No. <laughs> No, 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 man. Too much, too much credit for Lyle already. He doesn't need another trophy. Okay. No. If, if Lyle played defense, he would be the transition player of the year. Yeah. Like he's, he's a fantastic defender, man, he but could. you can't be yeah. an old guy and win the transition player. Oh, you can't do that. Schaller did like it. Schaller like did it, but like a, he actually played transition. It's like, like a played, selkie trophy. He was it's like a selkie trophy. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't agree. Uh, no speaking bad. with with transition <laughs> expert Pat Coyle here on on Lacrosse Classified. Pat, uh, who would you put into the Hall of Fame if you got to pick one guy? You can't say Junior. You can't say Willie. Can't say Doyle because those guys are going in auto. Uh, who would you put in? Casey Powell. I like. I think that would be a good choice. Because I, uh, to me, he's probably the best American that played in the NLL. He's. He was unbelievable. Only MVP, uh, American MVP. Yeah, he's a, a awesome player. That that'd be a guy that's a no brainer to me. Uh, another U.S. guy that I would think of would be uh, Kevin Finneran. Would be like a interesting. You picked a couple of O guys, Pat. Interesting. You picked a couple of O guys. Okay, so and to stay with the U.S. theme, Reggie Thorpe. Yeah, would be a really good choice as a defender. I think. Yeah, I think those are we all. Had... All three are going to go. We had we asked this question to someone on the show a couple weeks ago, Jumbo, and forgive me the name. I'm already forgot who told us that, but they voted for Glenn Clark um, for the fact that they played so closely with Pat Coyle. Jimmy and the v. thought was that you guys were you got you and Glenn Clark were side by side a lot of those years in Toronto, and you know equally big parts of that back end. Um, what do you remember playing about with uh, with Glenn Clark? Clarky would be a, the the next guy that I would have said for defender. Yeah, he. Him and I in Toronto were D partners, I think, for eight years. Um, 
and we played in Coquitlam a bit too. So uh, worked out uh, okay in 01. Oh yeah. Yeah, really <laughs> really similar kind of player I would say. He he made me a lot better, I know that. Um just a steady tough defender, could transition the ball well, smart, really smart, heady player. So yeah, he, he and a really good teammate too. So that he'd be a great choice. Well, for it that. looks it looks like he like calmed you down a little bit. Uh, you start your career in '94 with the Detroit Turbos. Actually, I didn't even realize that you were a brief member of the Vancouver Ravens right before they folded. I didn't know that, but uh, I'm just looking. At- I, that that's not official. That was never. <laughs> I know people say that, but it was in there. So I got traded to Vancouver for who? Year. Who did you get traded for? I I don't even know. Okay. I don't even know. I got traded from Toronto. Uh, honestly, I don't know Peter Locke. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I don't. I don't know though. That's a guess. Okay. And um, the the Ravens folded, and I hadn't signed a contract, so really, I wasn't. I never was with Vancouver. Okay. There, the the real Jumbo, story. Jumbo gets all his show prep from Wikipedia. <laughs> well, no, it says wrong. it says right here. However, just weeks before the 2005 season began, the team announced the Ravens would no longer play. Coyle immediately became a free agent and signed with the Colorado Mammoth, winning in 06. So it's, that's what I'm saying. If it's on that, Wikipedia, you can't necessarily true. go with that. Uh, my point. That's how I became. That's how I became a free agent because I hadn't signed a contract. <laughs> That is how. If I had signed a contract, I wouldn't have been a free agent. Smart move. Uh, by, were you Were by you living agent. out here at that? Were you living in the West by that time? Oh, yeah. I was living out here the whole time yeah. I played in Toronto. Yeah. I flew oh, wow. for ten years there. Oof, man. That well, is... that was also something that Stroopy told us a couple weeks ago that you know if you were a Western guy, Vancouver wasn't offering very much to other teams because they knew that there was a chance that that's right. You know, they'd, they'd be getting you to play there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Back to my original thought here, guys. Uh, starting back in 1994 with the Turbos, then the Raiders, uh, uh, career-high six penalty minutes per game in, in 1998, Pat. Uh, angry Pat Coyle, I would dare say, back then. But uh, then it started to taper down a little bit, back down to four, four, four. All of a sudden, though, you get to 2003, and it, it goes in half again down to 1.9 from four and then in half again as it drops down to one from two and then under one by the end of your career what tell me about that maturation was it just your anger lever going down or just learning to play smarter instead of harder probably both probably a little bit of both um i definitely was a angry young man so (laughs) uh (laughs) Um, but but a, a lot of it, to be honest, was the rules changing. Right. The rules changed. And, um, you know, what was allowed when the league sort of started was slowly being taken out and just realized it can't play that same way if we're and, – and especially as the, as the players got better – the the power plays got better so you just re- you couldn't you couldn't be in the penalty box all the time i i got, um, that was it i got to ask this uh, i just noticed this 1994 detroit turbos one playoff game in in 1994 19 penalty minutes for for pat coyle in that game what uh, what what happened there i pushed the ref <laughs> that was the game <laughs> That was the, that was the game. <laughs> I thought you were leading. No, I, I had no like idea. I had there. no idea. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, though. Okay, Thanks. so for yeah, <laughs> a, a, like, tell me about the, don't you don't have to go through the whole story, but 
When the MLL dissolved and it became the NLL, that was like the gate that opened back up for you to say, okay, that ban, that lifetime ban should not exist anymore. Like, what if that never had happened, Pat? Like, what if it just continued to be the MLL? Do you think you would ever had a pro career? Uh, honestly, I, I would doubt it. I would doubt it that, that, you know, hopefully I, I like to think that maybe a few years down the road that they might've let me back in, but probably not. And, uh, you know, the MLL folding was the best thing that happened for me. (laughs) Crazy. For sure. Crazy. You know? Yeah. It's, it, it was a really hard lesson for me, but it, it, and it sucks to be associated with that, but that really helped me. Do you want to, like, I mean, for people that have never it. heard that story, Pat, do you want to, do you want to lay that out in your own words? That I, um, like what happened? Like, I, I don't, I don't even know if I've ever heard nothing, the whole story. Literally nothing like nothing. I just lacrosse happened and I completely overreacted to something. And, um, yeah, I like, was did, just, did he like get I your said, face or like what happened? No, no, no. I, I took a two minute penalty. It was a delayed penalty. And I think inside was upset that I took that penalty. And so I hit the guy worse that I was checking and took another two minute. So blew the, the guy blew the whistle and I turned and swore at him. And then like, I think, um, you usually can swear at a ref and you get a warning or you, and he like, gave me a 10 right away like yeah. immediately and i just like turned and just shoved him i shoved him in the chest and <laughs> so he, two the, two the, ten and a five <laughs> and see you later yeah, the bad thing was is he wasn't of course not expecting a player to push him because no one pushes refs and he, and he, he went like he went down his legs yeah his legs were like oh, straight wow. up in the air and oh, it was bad yeah. d- d- yeah. it did it, like it was it american re- like is he still refing was he a, a popular like, no was he a, no he was a, he, he was an american ref okay. and it, he went to the bench after and he sprayed his face <laughs> with the water bottle like just to shake it off <laughs> Oh my god! I was gonna say that. Yeah, good question. Because like, if that was a WLA ref of the mid '90s, they don't you know, let that they, go. They would have like, taken their, they would have taken their bumps, and they would have, it would have, it would have might have been a bit of, of crazy. But pretty remarkable to come back and then put a Hall of Fame career together for the next, you know, eleven years after that. Pat, uh, pretty remarkable. Like from an outsider looking in, or anybody from any other sport who goes, how does a guy go from a four-year ban to a Hall of Famer? Uh, and a coach and a, and a GM and all that. It's pretty remarkable. So kudos to that. I want to ask about, you know, you're known as one of the, the toughest defenders of all time. Um, and anybody who, who saw you play or seen footage knows that, you know, I want to talk about guys that you coach now and, you know, how do you teach, how do you teach physicality and aggression? Like, is that something you can teach or do you have to have to pick the right guys to, to play that style of lacrosse? Uh I don't know. You, I think you try and encourage it. You try and encourage. I, I think it's something that, like when when I was even younger, it's a little bit different now. Da- like it's different. It is. Yeah. It is. It's that's where like my dad actually put into my head that if I could get the offensive player to think about me, like if he's thinking of me, he's not thinking of scoring. He's not. So that's actually something I. I consciously was aware of when I played that I wanted them to be thinking of me. And I know some guys do that in different ways with their, 
like some guys chirp that way and they're trying to always like get guys off their games. But so I try to get our guys to do that, like not chirping, but to always know that if they're going to get, take a shot, they're going to pay for it. They're, they're, they're going to get hit, but some guys are more, it's not their they DNA. take to it easier. Yeah. yeah. They take to it easier than others, but are, there are guys like, like you, I don't know, a Warren, Warren Jeffries, a good example where he's just going to stand there and lay the lumber on guys. And he's not mm-hmm. dirty about it, but he's a strong guy that when he hits people, they're aware that he's hitting them. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking with Hall of Famer, Pat Coyle, and, and I don't know, I guess speaking about offense, some guys probably still think about you, Pat Coyle, in, in, in probably not a good way. Uh, but who was who was the toughest for you to ever match up against? Like, who was your, like, when you saw a guy, you're like, oh, shit, I got to I gotta check this guy tonight. Or did you ever think that? Uh, man, the guys that scared me, uh, especially as I got older, would, were the fast guys, like the really quick guys. The big guys, the big strong guys, I, I liked covering because I could match physicality with them and they weren't going to run around me. But, like, I remember covering Mark Millen and just – Oh, God. Uh, just not – Lightning. Knowing which way he was going to go or – uh, so those are the guys that I really didn't like covering. We're, we're the really, really quick guys. Speaking with Pat Coyle and Pat, I know we missed out on on this summer uh, getting behind the bench for your senior Adnax after a long run with with the junior A's. And you know we don't know what this summer is going to look like. But Jumbo and I were kind of throwing ideas around off the top, like how do you coach two can teams? You do both? Some, <laughs> yeah. Can someone do both this summer? Like. Uh, we don't even know if it's in contracts for, for players or coaches to kind of double dip if the season's overlap this summer. Like, have you given any thought to what that could look like for you? Well, it would be nice if you could just like have um, your like lineup sheets that you do, wouldn't have to do as much work maybe because you could just like take it off one wall and <laughs> one dressing room and just bring it to another. Change the logo. Yeah. That's right. That's it. That's it. So in some ways, you know, uh, I, I don't know. It would, I, right now I would die to be able to do that. You know, like I would love to have the opportunity to try and coach two teams. Do you think it's um, too much to, to ask players though, Pat, to like play, you know, a home game or a road game in the WLA and then go play or travel on a weekend to play in the NLL? Like, do you think guys are going to do that or maybe like spot duty here, get a game in, get a game out? Like, what do you think? Probably, but probably more like what you just said, the latter. But right now, I would say guys are like just they want to play, like yeah, burning, want... burning to play lacrosse. Yeah. So if you're saying you can play three games a week, they're going to be going, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. But I just, the truth is, like, unfortunately, the WLA, uh, you know, the major series back east, they're, they're just, they've, they're not as important to the players anymore. No. And, this summer could even more like exacerbate that even more. What would you do if a player did come to you and said, you know, Hey, it's Eli McLaughlin. I want to, I want to play in the summer and then, you know, play with the Colorado mammoth on Friday and Saturday as a head coach. Are you thinking, God, just don't go out there and get hurt. Or are you thinking, Hey, get your reps in and do whatever you need to do, kid. Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I know, I know we used to think like any, just play, just the more you play, the better. And, 
the more reps you get, especially now that, that no one's played for a year. I think the more reps you're getting, the better. But also, that's you're probably thinking that until they get hurt. Um, you'd yeah. like to think that everybody would be in the same boat there in the WLA and um, they wouldn't be trying to kill each other. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that's if that's wishful thinking. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not the late '90s anymore, Pat. But I, I, yeah, I, you know, it. I think it. It still has the element there a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, guys can get hurt going to work, it's doing true. their regular jobs, or it's working true. out in the gym. Yeah. I know it increases the chances if they were playing in the WLA, but personally, for us in Colorado, the, the one I think thing that we don't like that's that's a downfall for us is the teams in the east even vancouver they get to practice midweek right and we always have to practice like the night before so we can't go as hard as we want to go so something to be said about if guys were playing games on wednesday and they're like giving it on wednesday that what a great preparation for our game on friday or saturday no doubt about it. A couple more minutes here with Hall of Famer Pat Coyle. And, and since we're on the topic of, of the Mammoth, uh, Pat, look, tell me about uh, the Mammoth draft. I thought it was a good one. And, and what are expectations heading into to the season in April? Uh, another year with, with Willie and, and Brider on your bench. I would think that relationship is blossoming. Uh, what What's the, the goal for the Mammoth besides winning the Cup? I, I would assume that's every team's goal. But uh, what are your expectations heading in? I'm excited. I'm really excited about our team. Um, picking up uh, Zed and Connor Robinson on our offense, I think, completely changed our offense. So um, I, I think that's, you know, d- arguably we have the best goalie in the league. Our defense has always been solid. I know we lost a, like a couple solid guys back there. And, you know, Coatsy, losing him is going to hurt, but – I really think our team is one of the most well-rounded teams in the league now and uh, can't wait to see how we look like actually playing. You touched on Dan Coates there. That was going to be my last question for you, Pat, was, uh, you know, what kind of, how tough was that? I know you're getting one of the most premier uh, offensive players in the game right now, but you're also losing your, your, your captain and and a heart and soul defender back there. How how tough was that trade? Really tough, really tough. Coates, I'd even, you know, I'd like to say that we became friends over the years too. And just uh, one of the most professional players I've ever coached and like his preparation and just his uh, like, he was a real red ass. Like he was always, you know, had a game face going. So just uh, that, especially to the young guys for them to see that, um, I think it's really important and hopefully like him being around there for such a long time, you know, there was guys that were around him that learned that are going to step up and, and take over for him. But, you know, I, if, if we made that trade, I don't know if we were able to make that trade after. I was going to say, what do you you think he would have had to pay after Zed coming off an MVP in the PLL? Like, Certainly, the price tag goes up. So, uh, well done on on pulling that off before that went down. Pat, uh, that was, man, that was a fantastic 22, 23 minutes there. Always appreciate uh, the time catching up with you. And it was great to talk uh, talk about your career and, and a little bit of mammoth in there as well. And, 
April can't come soon enough, man. Uh, I hope I get down to, to the Loud House. Uh, the can Not the can anymore. What's it called now, Pat? I, I, the ball. The ball. The ball. There you go. Yeah, hopefully I can get inside the ball, as weird as that sounds, uh, for the upcoming season. Thanks for doing this, and we'll talk soon, man. Yeah, thanks for bringing up Pushing the Ref, too, Jake. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I honestly, I had no idea that that <laughs> 26 years ago, that was the game. I knew, I knew, I knew about it, but I didn't realize that was the actual game. I should have put the math together there. Two, five, two, yeah. Or was it brilliant interviewing skills? There it was go. so layered. <laughs> All right, Pat, we're going to let All you right, go. Guys. Thanks for doing this. We'll All talk right. soon, buddy. All right. Yeah. Take care. You too. Yeah. Pat, coil right there brad uh it just seems to me like one hall of famer keeps outdoing the next like that just went to the top of my list right there yeah pretty 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 candid pretty candid with pat coil i know he's a he's an easy chat and it's again it's the life versus the guys that i love his comments about like he's so truthful about the wla and the nll and the parallels of what it's gonna look like this summer like we're not getting we're not getting a lot of bullshit answers from people these no. days, which is what I'm really appreciating. And I think maybe in the past, we were. Yeah. I don't think people were being as candid before on podcasts and interviews as they've been. I don't know if it's the pandemic that's, you know, <laughs> just we're just dying up to get too in front long. of a microphone and talk. And, uh, yeah. Someone's asking me questions I haven't been asked in, in months. This is awesome. Rather than, you know, the media gamut that these guys go through in an LL season where it's like, talk about your power play. How's your short band doing? How's Dylan Ward doing? Like, you know, I, um, with that being said, being, I cannot, these guys are being so candid and yeah. frank and it's, it's so much fun to talk to these guys with that all being said, I cannot wait to like break down games, yeah. <laughs> actually talk about what has happened, uh, in a game, uh, coming up here. So that, uh, that was a great conversation with Pat Coyle. We will talk to another hall. I don't know how many hall of famers we have available to us to talk. We still got a good handful well, or so. Let me, uh, let me fire up the list here and we can yeah, look Whipper we Watson. Wanna... We got O'Toole. We got Gypsy Meridian. Uh... We got JT to do oh, still. Yeah, that Tracy guy. Kaluski. Uh, we can Pat cross Pat Coyle off the list now. Pat O'Toole. Yeah. So we got uh, we got some good ones uh, still on the horizon here, and and good thing because uh, we're still what Brad at least uh, five months away. Maybe training camp we might get uh, a little something cooking, but uh, we got some, we got some time. We got, to a, we got a couple. We got a couple twins from the class of 06 oh, we yeah. probably try to get on to. Those guys. Those guys have to run down Gary and Paul for sure. All right, uh, quarter two is now done. We're moving to quarter three. Quick sticks is coming up next. Keep it right here, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Lax Class 108. Back after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Blaze Version of Team USA and the Philadelphia Wins. You're listening to Lax Class, growing the game one podcast at a time. 
Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the third quarter we go. But not before I say thanks to our friends at the Vancouver Warriors, where nothing's offside. Hashtag be a warrior. I like the new uh, kind of slogan there for the black and gold and white uh, down at Rogers Arena. Speaking of Brad Challoner, color analyst for the Vancouver Warriors, I saw a little Instagram clip of the boys getting after it uh, in the weight room, squats and cleaning jerks and push-ups and uh, Peloton bike. It was all happening down there at Rogers Arena as the boys are, are starting to gear up already. Some of that was some of that was old footage um, that they're kind of recycling, but there was footage of Garrett McIntosh dripping oh. on the, on the floor of his condo, dogs licking up oh. the sweat afterwards, like just savage, savage stuff. But guys are accountable for themselves right now, and there's guys that want to want to keep themselves in the best shape possible and guys that are fighting for roster spots and don't know what the future holds. So you kind of got to go as hard as you can right now. Yeah, and uh, Chris Gill on, on the hot stove uh, already saying, like, we're watching a lot of tape and, and starting to prepare, and we don't know, like, how long training camps are going to be. It could be three weeks, could be one week, could be uh, get ready on your own and get ready to go sort of thing. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, exciting news coming from the Vancouver Warriors here in the coming weeks. We'll fill you in a little bit more as the – Month of December and January roll along here. In the meantime, VancouverWarriors.com, or you can follow on the Instagram and the Twitter, at NLL Warriors, as uh, they're ramping their content back up as we head for the home stretch of 2020. Quick sticks time here in quarter three, brought to you by Manscaped. And uh, went for a little manscaping over the weekend. Got out with the weed whacker once again. Brad, I'm telling you, I'm keeping this thing kind of close by, and it's all about maintenance now. It's not about, you know, having to get out the machete and whack through all And then now it's just about just keeping it, keeping it under control here. And I don't know, like nephew brother-in-law, uncle, dad, dare say grandpa, Brad Challoner. If you need a gift idea, and get on this while you still can before the holidays here. Promo code LAXCLASS20 and free shipping comes along with it. Uh, is Santa going to deliver a, a couple of these to your friends and family, Brad? Yeah, I'll put together a couple little uh, little care packages um, for the, for the boys as boys, I guess you can, guess you can <laughs> the, say. the balls, the balls of the boys, the boys, the boys, the boys, the boys, but yeah, care packages, like I said, stocking stuffers, um, you know, you can't, you can't go wrong. No, absolutely. Uh, weed whacker, lawnmower, toner, revitalizer, revitalizer, yeah. the boxers, travel bag. You they can say- get them all, you get them all in, get them all in one kit too. You can get for like, that's like a hundred bucks. Plus twenty percent off for uh, with promo code LACLASS twenty. You can get it all together and free shipping. And set. It's high end stuff, man. Like waterproof lights, high speed technology. You can't beat when you got to when you got to get after it here a little bit for for the downstairs area here. Manscaped is your best friend. Check them out, and then when you do at shit at, at checkout, LACLASS twenty, save yourself twenty percent. Get free shipping. Quick sticks, Brad. Uh, not a ton this week, I would say, but a fair amount. Uh, I want to, well, I'll leave that one for last. I want to get this uh, out there to the people. Delby Paulus uh, has authored a book, 
medicine game. I know uh, our buddy Teddy's reading this right now. It's on my list as well. But more books about this kind of stuff we can get out uh, to the people, the better. Check this out. Delby Palace, books called Medicine Game. You've seen this cross your eyes. I have. Uh, do you have information on where where to get it? How do we track it down? Uh, I do not. Uh, man, you're putting me on the spot here, Brad. Uh, I'm sure it's on Amazon. Have, where's, your, where's your show prep? Where's well, your show prep, this is, you're, You see the prep, and then you're supposed to kind of play. I tee you up, and then you just like hit like a hot shot right back to the mound at me, and, and I wasn't ready for it. So base hit, Brad Challoner. But uh, find Delby Palace on Twitter. Check out his profile. I'm sure it's there, Brad. Maybe you can do that while I move on to the next one. And uh, another good friend of the program here, my main man, Jeremy Thompson. He and and the folks over at the PLL, Kyle Harrison, uh, involved in this as well, Anish Sharaf, uh, producing this, Roots. And I thought this was really well done. What was it? About a nine, ten minute video here about the evolution of the sport of lacrosse. This is a really cool video, and and Jer Jer Thompson, a big part of it. I did not see that one. I did find the book though online. It's on Amazon.com. Just search uh, Medicine Game. The Kindle version is only four bucks. Paperback version is only thirteen. So can't go wrong. Add that to your cart. And there's another. There's another Christmas present. But Kindle. Yeah, PLL PLL content crew second second to none. Um, you know, Paul Rabel and Jeremy Thompson have a great relationship, so I'm not surprised that those two work so work so well together. Yeah. Um, and it's glad that they're that they're pumping stuff out right now. I know you want to talk about Frank Brown, and we can spin a spin off that in a second. But you know, one of the things that I took away from the Frank Brown interview with Devin Caney last week was he was saying that his peoples are kind of taking the game back again. And he said, like with residential schools, lacrosse was kind of taken away for a while because when when kids were taken away and, and put into boarding schools they were playing football and baseball and yeah. it was almost like the sport was getting snuffed out for a lot of years and now with guys like frank and, and turtle island lacrosse and lyle thompson and some of the best players in the sport right now um you know being being native players uh, they're 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 taking the game back, and he's saying that he's seeing more kids on the reservations picking up sticks now, and it's kind of coming around full circle in a really in a really beautiful way. Yeah, and, and fantastic job by by Devin and the NLL and, and Frank Brown, who really spoke from the heart. And and residential schools, Brad, the the last one closed in 1996. Like that is not that long ago, and essentially what they tried to do, and and forgive the the vulgarity of it, but they tried to take the Indian out of them. That's what mm-hmm. that that was their kind of. We're going to take the Indian out of you, which is just like it's so disgusting to even think. Nineteen ninety six was the last uh, school to close, and then we see this article in Abbotsford pop up where a teacher actually sent home homework to grade six students. To tell them what the f- five things to take away from that were good from residential schools. Like, I, that's another whole topic for another day. But the Frank Brown interview, I think that my biggest takeaway from that is, is and he's from the Seneca tribe, and he kind of alluded that, you know, Six Nations on a dog have kind of carried the torch as far as lacrosse goes. But in Seneca, it's starting to come back. And, and I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway from that when he was talking about how the world is kind of, made up where leaders, you know, early on tried to just dominate each other and take away your manhood and your race and your religion. You just tried to, like, that was how, you know, wars and all. 
But the indigenous people came up with a sport to settle their differences, to go to war. They would play lacrosse. Instead of going to war and killing each other, they would play lacrosse. And that was how they would settle their differences. And to think that you could get to that point between a, a, you know all these different tribes and nations to get to a point where you were willing to do that instead of go to war in your society tells me a lot about those people. You know what I'm saying yeah. about that? Like, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's incredible. It's a, Absolutely yeah, it's incredible. A, so if you got uh, an extra nine minutes and, and if you don't find it, Check out the NLL social feeds and watch the interview with Devin Caney and Frank Brown. It is uh, spectacular. And and people from all over the sporting world were, were chiming in on that one. And I know it was uh, American Thanksgiving just this, this week, Brad, or last week. And uh, it's also Native Heritage Month. And, and it was day, the day that always comes after the day of American Thanksgiving. And... You know, the more I've educated myself and the more I've learned about Thanksgiving and the indigenous people, I, I'm having a harder time in my life celebrating Thanksgiving or even saying the words uh, Thanksgiving. I, I posted this on Lax Class and my own Instagram feed, uh, Turtle Island Lacrosse, and, and Frankie mentions this about how they've done an, uh, an excellent job of pushing out content that is kind of hard to digest, but not like right in your face kind of sort of stuff. And I, and I couldn't agree more. And, and they posted up kind of the real story of Thanksgiving and, and it, it's tough to read, but I, I think you need to read it because it's, it's real, like it's history and, and it'll teach you something. So I don't want to take that holiday away because I know it's like a big family thing. And, and I, I think really at the end of the day, that's what people kind of associate it with. But there was some real pain and suffering with, with the First Nations people when it came to, to the real Thanksgiving. Yeah, or maybe they, we can just sort of flip it and explain to our children now and going forward. why. Tell them the truth. Yeah, tell them the truth. Tell them why why we're not celebrating anymore, why we're changing it in our family and now we're we're – giving back to the native community or we're doing something sell it. Sort of yeah. around and put a positive connotation on it in, in one way or another. Yeah. And, and, and you know what the indigenous people, they give thanks every single day. Um, it's kind of their Thanksgiving, right? They, they celebrate every mm-hmm. single day they give thanks. So um, some to chew on there a little bit besides just Turkey uh, minor trade going down. Um, I don't know. I don't want to call it minor. I don't want to disrespect anybody here, but uh, one of the big team guy, Bradley big, and I'm talking big Johnny ran again and a fourth rounder in 23 for Matt Mariner and a second rounder in 22 as the wings and the riptide. These, these guys seem to get along when it comes to trades here. Uh, a lot of people saying, Paul Day. Paul Day gets Paul Day gets along with everybody. I think. <laughs> yes, <he does. laughs> Man, is he building his wagon even oh. more so? We talk about Philly every couple of weeks on here, like, and it's fun to see trades right now when there's not a lot of storylines happening. Yeah. When you see a you know there's it can be smaller trades, but when you see trades of roster players like like a John Rannigan, um, you know he really uh, he really jumped out at. at he was already known, but the world, the world indoor championships at the LEC last September, where we got to see a, a lot of John Rannigan 
and see his hustle and his heart and how he led that American team and then how that rolled over into his NLL season. Became a really big fan of his game then. And the PLL season that he had, like he was yeah. great on the on camera. He was great on the microphone. He was great on the field. Like he, the, the guy is good for the game. And I really like what the Philadelphia Wings are building there. And they bring in a, a leader and, uh, and a foundational uh, a piece like that. And then New York on the flip side, they're building for the future. And they get a guy with a lot of upside, a six foot six defender. It's going to grow with that young team, right? Like exactly, and that's exactly what they're looking for. You know, they've got some older voices in there with with McRae and Suter and Callum Crawford. So you know what? Let's bring some more youth in and help them sort of establish the culture and and move the culture for the for the for the Riptide going forward. So. Yeah, it's a good deal, man. I'm glad we have trades to talk about. More trades, more trades. Uh, more trades, general managers out there. Yeah. I know we can't see anybody in training camp, uh, hopefully in a few months, but more trades for us to, for us to digest. Please, absolutely. Uh, fun one here, Brad. Uh, you tell me a little story over the weekend out getting your hair cut in the flatlands there, and somebody just kind of picked up on the tone of your Dussel voice there and uh, your, your barber shop famous out there in Langner. Oh yeah, we've got uh, we've we've got a listener. We've got a listener in in the flatlands. Apparently, no, it was funny because I was walked into the the barbershop, Billy's barbershop in Tawasson, uh, out of Tawasson Mills there, and was just chatting to someone in the while we were waiting to get our haircut. I'm going back and forth with this guy, and someone was getting his haircut at the other side of the barbershop, kind of like you know putting his head up, putting his head up, taking a look. And then when he was walking out, he's like, "I recognize you." We had we're all masked up, right? So obviously you can't see any faces or anything. Just eyes, hat down low before I get the, the haircut, hiding out, you know. And he's like, "I recognize your voice, man. Are you on a are you on a podcast or something?" Of course, I'm saying in a, in a high pitched squeal. I'm like, "Hey, uh, Brad, John, I work for the Vancouver Warriors, Lacrosse Classified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to you guys all the time. Anyway, shout out to Ryan Flack of the Delta Junior there Islanders, you go. All who, was, right. who was kind enough to come over and say hello. So Ryan Flack had his first season with the Junior A's last year. Hopefully, uh, Delta boys get going again sometime soon, and and he can make a mark. I know he's trying to get uh, get a college scholarship. He does a lot of great work with the." with the community here, uh, giving back and, and coaching at the high school level and the, you think the U18 or U15 level, but you know, he's doing his thing. So Good. thanks for the shout out, shout out to Ryan Flack. Yeah. Shout out to Billy's barber shop, uh, as well out there in Ladner. I don't really have any use for a barber shop, Brad, but I know you do. So, uh, who knows? Uh, could be a future sponsor here on, on Lux class. If things go right. Couple more things here on quick sticks brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, where do we go here? We talked about this kind of off the top, uh, the hot stove, Brad. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Doug Louie, Paul Del Monte, and uh, Chris Gill joined me for for an hour uh, via via video chat. And this thing is up on the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame Facebook page if you want to watch this. And kind of put, put the guys to the fire a little bit and, and ask some tougher questions and they all handled it very well but i think some real pertinent information came out of that conversation yeah you did not hold back like first question was so if the nll is playing this summer what are you guys gonna do <laughs> they ought to yeah right dive in rule changes what rule book do you like best um interesting to hear doug louis and and good good to hear that doug louis and, and paul Monte say they're working lockstep probably closer closer together than any other two commissioners of that league, all those two leagues have worked before. Yeah. They don't see the rule books as vastly different and they don't see the rule books vastly different than, 
the NLL, believe it or not. And they kind of think that, you know, players just have to, players adapt, coaches adapt, broadcasters adapt. It's just kind of the way it is. Um, I think they could be in a little bit more lockstep across the board, but it doesn't sound like they're in a hurry to, to adopt four quarters and, and, and turf and eight seconds and get and rid of wooden goal sticks. Maybe. Yeah. They're saying that, you know, a lot, a lot of players are using woodies anymore in the MSL. So they don't yeah. really think that needs to be changed in the rules. Cause it's kind of like a gentleman agreement, but you know, I think, um, well, here Chris Gill talking about face-offs and that maybe that, that one day gets to not such a specialized position again. Like yeah. when I was growing up playing, everybody on the team took face-offs, like next man up. Yeah. Wasn't well, I mean, I love, I honestly, I mean, it's never going to happen, Brad. I just don't think it will, but, uh, Paul Dumont, PDM saying, let's go back to three lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. Like I re- those are my I'm favorite players. I'd like to see more players do playing that way, but I, mean, I don't think we'll ever get back there. But I did like Gilly's comments about the face-off circle. Yeah, yeah just stuff there. So free go back for and watch that. Free for yeah, you asked you asked some good questions, man. It was nice uh, nice to see all those guys in a room together or on Zoom together, sharing sharing the conversation. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Uh, a couple more here. We got uh, we got to get to something else here in quarter four, but uh, and he'll talk about this, and so we won't spend too much time on it, but. Uh, our good buddy Teddy Jenner getting some bad news over the the last week, Brad, saying Colorado, due to the pandemic, uh, no longer employing Ted Jenner. But uh, I like man, the guy's too good at his job, and he's he's clearly in in favor with uh, you know the the NLL and 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 fans alike. So I'm not too worried. Ted Jenner's going to fall on his feet. There's going to be more work for him, whether it be with another team or whether he kind of becomes a free agent for the league and, and get some prime assignments. Uh, he'll, he'll land on his feet and uh, hang in there, man. Like I take it from a guy who, who went is, you know, went through what you're going through right now. There's brighter days ahead. Yeah. And we're, we're thinking about you, buddy. And we've both had the pleasure of, of working with Ted and knowing Ted for a long time. I've both been in the booth with him. We know what a valuable asset he is to the league. And I think he'll get scooped up, uh, scooped up here in no time. Post haste. Uh, un- yeah. yeah. Just unfortunate that, that teams are, are tightening their, their belts right now or worried about what, what cross border things are going to look like. And yeah. I don't know, but uh, Teddy's too good not to be uh, uh, in the broadcast booth somewhere. And I'm confident that, that, There'll be news for that very soon. There you go. Chin up. Hashtag be excellent. Uh, he's got Bear over there to, to keep him happy for, for the time being, too. So that's good. Uh, and last one is is a toughie here, Brad. Uh, I alluded to it kind of off the top of, of episode 107 and, and doing a bit of a mental health check and, and reaching out to some people that uh, I know struggle from time to time. Unfortunately, I did not know that this man struggled uh, with, with mental with mental health and uh one of the executive members of of my junior adnax in coquitlam uh taking his own life you know just over a week ago and i want to first you know send my sincere condolences and and thoughts and prayers to to the lawn family to the entire adnac family and, and lacrosse community that that knew mark it was one of the kindest most giving souls you would ever think and i just I had no idea that he struggled. And apparently his father suffered the same fate. And, and I have to applaud the family for what had to be a very difficult decision to make that news public, but did it in the interest of helping somebody else avoid this fate. And again, I I say to people, like day, night, 
I don't care what time. Pick up the phone. I'm here. I go through my share of dark days as well, Brad, and, and I lean on guys like you and others when, when I'm going through tough time. And I just don't want anybody out there that's listening to this podcast right now feel like they don't have somebody to talk to. And, and I don't ever want to see something like this happen again. And and it's just sad. And, and man, uh, I, I think about all the times I, I cross paths with him at the, at the rink and through the years, and it's just going to be – weird to not see him again man was a a beautiful soul and gone from this earth way too soon uh there is a gofundme page set up for mark and his family and uh that's on my facebook page and i believe my twitter timeline as well and if you're able and uh, even if you didn't know mark and and you want to help out and support the family in, in some regard uh please Feel free, and, and I encourage you to, to donate to the Lalon family um, in this, what has got to be a devastating time for them. Uh, rest in peace, Mark Lalon. We'll end quick sticks on that one, and we will move to the fourth quarter here on EP 108. Uh, and we'll talk to our man, Jim Else. Something else coming up here. Stick with us, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Class 5, growing the game one podcast at a time. Quarter four on Lax Class means no more breaks. Thank goodness for that. Uh, that chat there in quarter two, I, I, I got to get in some sort of rhythm, Brad, because I keep forgetting to mention that our calls to the hall are brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. So I guess it, you know, like it doesn't matter really where I get it in as long as I get it in, I suppose. But what I'd like to do is, is do it after the interview. So I'm going to lean on you a little bit to, to remind me about that. If, if I happen to forget. Okay. Yeah, you know what? And you told me that last week and I, I didn't step up for you. So yeah. my, my bad, my apologies. Part of being be, a I'll good be podcast partner. Speaking of partner partners, uh, how about that for a segue, Brad? Stampede Tack and Western Wear Partners, Canada's largest Wrangler dealer. That is a claim that only Stampede Tack and Western Wear can make. Canada's largest dealer of Wrangler. Offer everything for men, ladies, kids, jeans, jackets, hats, boots, belts, buckles, chaps, saddles, reins, spurs, bandanas, rings, watch it. Like, there's everything in this store. You need a gift idea, hop on stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. Find yourself something cool and uh, support one of the sponsors, support local businesses and uh make yourself feel good at the same time and if you're local it's perfectly situated right there on highway 10 just north of 176 highway 15 uh out there in cloverdale since 1966 in quarter four we like to do something called something else so let's try something else let's begin Now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. 
Hey, Bradley and Jake, it's Jim Else here. Another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. Let's hit it and quit it here. Uh, really quick, two little uh, two little notes. Uh, one of them is if COVID was related to the firing of Ted Jenner, I think the Colorado Mammoth need to give their head a shake and work around whatever needs to be worked around. Teddy's one of the best in the business. Uh, he promotes the sport and Colorado or used to Colorado like nobody else. He's an uh, Borelli winner. Uh, you just don't let go of a guy like that. Uh, their loss is someone else's gain. Also COVID related is my young friend Lexi who has been committed to a university in the United States for uh, female hockey division one for the last one and a half years and because they're uh, letting fifth year seniors come back uh, she's been decommitted. Um, uh, an absolute blow for her and her family. Um, she'll get over it. She'll get another scholarship. She's talented. She plays for a great uh, a, a great uh, school right now. Uh, I'm not worried about her. Just, uh, you know, if it's all about COVID, just give your head to shake and do the right thing for everybody, not just yourselves. Uh, anyways, uh, take care. Um, thanks for another week of something else on the podcast here. And uh, good times and ciao. Something else right there. Jim Else brought to you by G. Wilson Construction, building fine custom homes. That is their single focus. Still hiring. If you just go to gwilsonconstruction.com, find the work with us tab on the top right corner of the website. Upload your resume. Make sure you got heard it on lacrosse classified in there and uh, get your res to the top of the pile, so to speak, the virtual pile i suppose i don't know if like people print out resumes or anything anymore anyways uh gwilsonconstruction.com upload your resume start your career journeyman labors they're looking for them all start your career in the construction business uh jim else talking a little bit of business and a little bit of education as well there brad uh, alluding to to ted jenner again kind of losing his job due to the to the pandemic which sucks and and uh one of his his friends kind of losing her scholarship to uh, a university because they've extended it to, to fifth years and this kind of ties into you know like one that covid sucks for everybody and, and everybody's going through something and and you know losing your job definitely sucks uh trust me i know um, and, and losing your scholarship sucks as well. And, it, and it's hard to see kind of people may have to make these decisions uh, doing what's best for what they think instead of maybe doing what's right. But uh, everybody's going through something here. And, and I know we're kind of nearing the end of things, but it, it kind of ties in nicely to lacrosse because you think about like if they went to 22, that right there, what Jim said, pushes out the incoming class. So it, the trickle down is there either way. Exactly. And I don't think there's, there's not, we could lose another college season. I think it's very likely that we're going to lose another college season. And then what? Then it's like, oh, too bad. Okay. Those yeah. guys can go. Oh, no, give now. Me, now 23 year olds are. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now, Snow Grant is sixth year. Like, come back for your sixth year when you're, you know, half year, half the way to 30, you know? Like, it's, it has to stop somewhere. And I, that was my whole fear with the, the extra year in college was you're going to hurt your, your, your freshmen, your people coming in. Yeah. Same thing with U22. You move to U22, you're going to hurt your your 17 or 18 year olds that were joining the league and now can't crack a junior A team and and maybe have to go play junior B in a different market or further away from home or, or away from their friends. And you're going to lose people to that game. There's people that thought they were going to go to this great college next year and now, oh no, sorry, our fifth years are there. You have to go somewhere else. And whether that's in D1 or D2 or D3. You know, people's lives are getting changed, but COVID has affected everybody. 
Everybody. And I think if we make exceptions for the people that got hurt this year, we're sacrificing things for the people moving forward. And those are the groups that we need to care about and focus on. We've all had shitty years. We've, a lot of us have lost jobs and lost money and lost family members and lost years of this and lost years of that. And we've all gone through it. So let's just, let's get through it together and yeah. let's pick up the best we can when we come back. But I don't think we should be crying for the year that we lost out on because the whole world is losing 2020. It's true. It's true. And, and with that, I think, you know, it's a good way to end things, but the light is there. People continue to physical distance, continue to wash your hands, stay away from people in large groups and wear your freaking mask when you're out in public. It's not that difficult. It's really not. And the sooner and the more we all do that, the sooner this thing's going to be over, but continue to be safe, continue to try and be kind to people and just keep doing the right things. I know we've been kind of preaching on this podcast for a long time, but here we are. So, and speaking of that, Brad, shameless plug once again as we'll wrap things up here. You need a mask, custom, uh, customizable, adjustable. Get in, get in touch with yours truly, and I'll, I'll set uh, up your team or your company and give you a good deal while I'm at it. Uh, that is going to wrap up EP 108. Big thanks to Pat Coyle for coming on. That was a great conversation. You, Bradley, for co-hosting once again. Always appreciate your time. The sponsors, of course, Stampede Tag, Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, and Manscaped. Christmas time, people. Uh, buy your gifts. Use our sponsors. Support them. Support us. The podcast keeps moving forward. And while you're at it, uh, thank yourself for listening to Lacrosse Classified. I appreciate every single one of you so much, more than you, you'll ever know, for listening to this show. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Hope you'll join us again next Tuesday. In the meantime, give us a follow on social media. I am at PXP for sports. Brad is at Brad Shell. You got to get back on Instagram, dude. Uh, speaking of lacrosse. Someone messaged me this week and said, why aren't you on Instagram? I'm like, I took a break back in like March when COVID started. I was spending just like, I was off work the first yeah. week. And I was like, the screen time was going up. I'm like, what can I do without? I'm like, I, okay, I can't do without Twitter. Like my Twitter is my life. I applaud you. But I could probably, I, I could do without the Instagram. And I'm done without... Mind you, I do log in under Lax Class and I do creep a little bit through that account. And I have two different accounts for the radio stations that I work for that I keep up to date a little bit. But okay. as far as my personal account goes, well, I just don't know where you're going to post your pictures of, of Nelly Furtado and T Swift and I'm whoever. Thinking about launching, I'm thinking about firing up the TikToks. Maybe I could do something oh. on there. Okay. Stay tuned. I gotta Stay secure tuned. the lax. I gotta. That reminds me. I gotta secure lax class at TikTok. Oh yes, please do. Don't it? You shouldn't have said that because now somebody's gonna go out and do that. We're gonna have to pay somebody else to do. Yeah, Bring do it, it now. On. Sign up now Bring before anybody listens. Uh, so thanks for listening. I'm at PXP for sports at Brad Shell. Show is at Lacrosse Classified or at Lax Class. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Now. We got to go for Brad Schellen, Urban J. Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lax Glass. Be safe and be healthy, everybody. <laughs>